You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your heads. I, I hope it's your heads that you're listening this with. If it's not, I will be incredibly impressed. I am your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another week of Blue Jays talk. Um, and eagle-eyed fans may have noticed that there was no game last night for the Blue Jays. Um, it, it happens, you know, off days and such. But there was a big event going on for the team last night. The 2018 MLB draft was held in that paradise among paradises, Secaucus, New Jersey. So, because we have the MLB draft, my dear co-host Ryan Miller, the expert on all things minor league baseball when it comes to the Blue Jays, is joining us today. Hey, Miller. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Um, I'm not used to being up this early, but... We we are we are recording this on Tuesday morning and I I don't do mornings like literally I I usually do afternoons afternoons work for me but mornings uh. I'm I'm a morning person afternoon person and evening person I do them all well no ever since I I gave up like my usual you know two liters of coke a day I I'm discovering that. I like sleep more, and I, I don't need to be up in the morning very much. And I guess you also appreciate having your uh, your stomach liner back then. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I, that's I appreciate the world not vibrating. It's, it's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, Miller, you know, like I, like I said, the MLB draft was last night. They did the first two rounds, which is is a bonus i thought we were just getting the first round last night but no we have two new blue jays to talk about and i wanted to discuss like like we'll we'll get into what people can expect in the latter half of this program and and we'll also go over like a cup like how this class relates to other draft classes that this ross atkins mark shapiro front office have put together for the blue jays but Let's talk about the picks first, and I will admit, uh, the Blue Jays' first-round pick was surprising. When doing research for the MLB draft, this guy was not on my radar whatsoever. He, he was rejected to go in the supplemental picks, you know, so the Rays would have him. But no, the Blue Jays reached down and selected, from Magnolia, Texas, shortstop Jordan Groshans, and we, you you made sure of the correct pronunciation of his last name. It is Groshans. According but, to Google. Yeah. According to Google. Well, Google's never wrong. That's right. So. Of course not. Um, so so they got this kid. Yesterday I talked about Olin Gorman and, and him being that kind of third base power threat that I didn't think the Blue Jays were really going to need. And... They they went the other way and le- leaned far heavier on on getting the. What do you what do you think about the pick of Jordan Groshans Miller? Well, I'm 
I'm on board with you. I was I was surprised because um, first off, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer. I don't really follow much of this. I know that I I do follow the minor league baseball like like there's no tomorrow. Um, I don't normally pay much attention to the draft or until they're signed and playing. And even even then, I still don't really pay much attention to them until they start getting into full season baseball. Um, it's just there's six six teams. No, sorry, eight teams. And it's way too much to follow. And I can't follow eight teams plus all of the college and all of that stuff. So I just don't pay much attention to them. So everything so why that are I'm you saying, here? Uh, everything that I'm saying right now is just from reading reading up on the kid after he got um, uh, picked by Toronto last night. So um, I, I don't mind the pick, actually. I, I, I like the pick. I know that they went off board and they got a guy that nobody was expecting to go in the first round. And I think that a lot of the reason why they got him or picked him off first round is to save a little bit of, save a little bit of money. Mm. Cause they're not going to give him slot, right? No, no. That's, that's one of the things I saw on, on Twitter is that he's a very strong candidate to be signed under slot. And, and, you know, as a high school kid, that's, that's something you can do just to, you know, save save up a bit for the later rounds. I know it's something that the Blue Jays have done in the past. It's why they got guys like Rowdy Telez in the thirty first round, or or whatever round he was drafted in, off the top of my head. So yeah, way way back when. Yeah, so long ago. But yeah, Gro- Groshans is a guy who's going to be a project. I think I saw a very a very optimistic expectation of like four years, and like he he's a shortstop now. But he's like six foot four and two twenty, so they're they're planning on moving him over to third, and that's probably the best spot for for where his power projects. Because that's a big thing with Groshans. He's a power bat. He's a guy who cranks home runs. And admittedly, there aren't a lot of those in the Blue Jays organization. Just guys who are pure power threats who can be middle of the lineup bats. I mean. Lord knows we've seen the Blue Jays using Kevin Pillar in the five slot. So what does that say about the state of power in the organization? No, I absolutely agree. And that that's kind of the, the tr- change of the guard with, with this current front office versus the previous um, front office. Uh, Anthopolis and his, his group, they always went after the highly athletic guys that up, project up the middle so you know short stops and center fielders and and catchers right yeah um where where these this current group seems to be taking bats earlier in the in the draft and they're they're trying to get those um uh low or high floor low ceiling is that right Yeah. yeah high floor low ceiling type guys you know, just like last year with uh, Warmoth, he was a guy that they, he doesn't project to be a superstar, but he, he projects to be an average to slightly above average major league player at uh, his floor. That's his, that's what they're saying his his, his, his floor would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know uh, Groshans, he doesn't, he's not right in that mold because he's still quite a risky pick. Mm-hmm. 
but I I like it because they've they have strengthened this minor league system to the point that they can take a risk, right? They can take this type of risk with a high school player who, if he turns out great, if he doesn't, it's it's not the end of the world. Like this isn't the the NHL um, draft where if you if you screw up on, in the first round, your team is devastated for yet another year, right? Like these guys, um, he's late teens, so he's not gonna he's not gonna be a, a Vladdy. <laughs> he's not gonna be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? We're not gonna expect him in Double A next year. And talking about should we trade Vladimir Guerrero so that we can make room for Groshans? That's not happening, guys. <laughs> Let's just put that no. to rest now yeah so i guess that's a good segue of where do you expect him to uh to start um well if we if we look at what the blue jays have done in the past with their high school picks like uh like hagan danner from last year he's probably going to be just in the gulf coast league to start like in that rookie ball i i don't think they'd start pushing him into low a very quickly like he's he's still very raw as a as a ball player and if they are going to move him over to third, they're going to want to bring him along slowly. So I think he stays in, in Florida, stays in that Dunedin complex where where people where, – where most of the Blue Jays, like, higher-up uh, personnel are so he can learn immediately from them. Um, and, and again, he's a long-term project. He's a high-ceiling, low-floor kind of guy, so he's a long-term project. You're, you're probably not going to – even think about seeing him in the upper levels probably until like 2021 2022 which sounds weird to be saying those we're finally moving past super baseball 2020 and i'm still disappointed there aren't robot pitchers yet (laughs) um not not so much for the other pick that the blue jays made last night and if if you've been following this front office you know they love their sons of ball players and they went that route yet again, taking the son of Mr. Marlin, Jeff Conine, away from Miami, probably doing him a favor, making sure he doesn't go to Miami, where he would just be ruined. But uh, Griffin Conine is the Blue Jays' second-round pick. And and Miller, I, I again, I, I, looked him, I looked at what he was able to do this season. He was potentially a first-round pick heading into this season of college ball, but he slipped a little bit um, while playing at Duke. He, he kind of checks out like a carbon copy of his dad, which he, he really does like reading, reading the scouting reports and then going back and looking at Jeff's career stats. Um, you can kind of see that there could be a nice translation over. Mm. Yeah. Cause he's, he's a, he's a, he's another bat essentially for for the Blue Jays he he looked really good in his sophomore season I think he was batting um he hit 295 with 13 home runs and nine stolen bases so there was a little bit of speed there but he he fell off this season um 280 with 15 homers for Duke this season and a Duke team that's still playing um they they got to the super regional of the college world series this week they have a three-game set against Texas Tech for the right to go to Omaha and, you know, generate some of those highlights we've been seeing over the past few years. But uh, he's he's a solid outfield bat. And, and Miller, I, 
I didn't see a lot of those in a Blue Jays system either. Like we talk about Anthony Alford and Dalton Pompey and, and those guys are, are up at AAA, but there's no one, especially with a trade of JB Woodman in the off season, there's no one really deep in the pipeline for the Blue Jays that, that they can look at as a threat to be an outfielder in the future. And Griffin looks like he, he might be able to do that if he can, if he can rebound a little bit from this season, he, the, he slumped a little, he's got his slump out of the way for those people worried about Vlad Guerrero jr. He's got a slump out of the way already. He he's learned how to fail. So, right. well, in, in Dunedin, we have uh, Joshua Palacios and he's, he's a, he's a good pure hitter. Um, but he projects more as a fourth outfielder where I, I don't think, I, I don't know what the projections are yet for, for Conine, but um, just reading some of the the scouting reports, you 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 see all of the the key words popping up or phrases popping up. Uh, quick wrists, you know, barrels up the ball, um, you know, plus bat speed, that kind of stuff. You know, barrel control, mm. right? He so you know he's he's uh, he's gonna have that nice pure hitter um, label on him at some point throughout his minor league career. So you like to get those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and despite the nine stolen bases, the the running has, has been the knock on Conine. And, and again, he did slump a little bit this year, but for the most part, he, again, he follows into that Blue Jays trend of picking guys uh, with higher baseball IQs. If, if you believe that, the son inherits the the IQ of the father. He's a guy who's grown up around the game. He retired in 2007, but he still has that wealth of knowledge to draw upon. And and like I I joked on Twitter, the Blue Jays' dadly game is going to be like monstrously good. <laughs> like I don't think there's a better lineup out there than what the Blue Jays can put on the field for dads when you look at Bichette and Guerrero and Smith and Conine and Biggio. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think he's a guy who can, who can learn a little bit and learn. And if Duke makes it to the college world series, he'll have a chance to, to get that kind of pressure baseball there. He's played in the Cape Cod league and he looked all right there, but he'll have the opportunity to to get on that big stage and and for a kid who again slumped a little bit this season you know probably cost himself that first round slot he should be looking to to really make his mark so to speak and if the blue jays get a guy like that who's already kind of got that chip on their shoulder that that will bode well for a guy who you know, after the after the World Series, he's probably going to sit for a little bit and then either go to the Gulf Coast lead or or potentially Vancouver. So, yeah, and that's where I see him too is maybe getting a couple at bats in in Bluefield and then heading to uh, to Vancouver. Yeah, and you know that be that be sweet for Vancouver. Um, we're and gonna, we, we both like off off air. We both kind of agreed that they're both neither of these guys are going to be um, a quick sign. We're looking at later on in the month. Yeah. So 
you know, Blue Jay fans don't get antsy if we start getting into the the twenty uh, June twenty fifth, and we haven't heard of a, a signing from these guys yet. So, you know, just be patient. Our two first round draft picks didn't sign until the twenty ninth. So, yeah, and and Zach Jackson the year before didn't sign until July. So, right. So plenty of time. And we'll we'll have plenty of time to maybe look back at a couple of those Blue Jays draft classes right after this. So we keep talking about Jordan Groshans and Griffin Conine in in context of where they're going to be. And, you know, Miller, despite what you said at the beginning of the podcast where you're like... Eh, my, dis- my disclaimer? Yeah, yeah, that. I thought um, we would take a look to see where the class of the Shapiro Atkins era is, is progressing to this point. And we can kind of use that to help project what fans can expect from Groshans and Conine. So, so like even looking at last year's draft class, again, I, I used Hagen Danner as kind of a projection for what they were going to do with Groshans. And, and again, Danner hasn't played yet this season, but he did, he did get some time in the Gulf Coast League in 2017. It's probably what he's going to do again this season as a 19 going on 20 year old. So like, like guys like Danner, Danner didn't have a great, uh, Gulf Coast League. I think he, he batted like 160. Exactly. 160. Yeah. So so obviously not looking for like huge steps right out of the gate for a guy like Roshan's, but but just just something to get kind of his feet wet when it comes to that pro baseball. Like like he's 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 been good in Texas, but big leagues are a long way away from Texas. Yeah, and these guys like it wouldn't be completely unheard of if he were to go to the Gulf Coast League and tear it up and they give him a little taste of Bluefield. Mm. Right. It wouldn't be completely, but I, I see if he's switching, as we already mentioned, if he, if he's going to be switched from shortstop over to third base, then he'll stay in the Gulf Coast League. If they're getting rid of the, um, if they're refining his swing a little bit more then I could see them, possibly keeping them in in the Gulf Coast League. Yeah. And and like admittedly we don't have a lot of data to go off of for this Blue Jays front office when it comes to high school kids. Uh think think uh, Groshans is the fourth fourth high schooler like in the first 6 rounds that they've taken out of high school after Danner, Bobachet and uh who was the other one? I think it was DJ Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm right. But yeah, it, D- DJ Daniels then. Yeah, but it's it again. It's a it's a office that usually goes the college route, goes the safer route. So them taking a swing on a guy like Groshans is, is a big risk for them, but because they've been able to rebuild the minor league depth, it's a risk they can take and Absolutely. and hopefully try and find maybe that next Josh Donaldson that can come up and, you know, 
be great until he has to sign a free agent contract and then torpedo his value. Um, but but yeah, just looking looking at like where where last year's class is. You look at guys like Warmoth, who who is doing all right in Dunedin. He's not setting the world on fire, but he's he's starting to grow a little there. Um, Nate Pearson obviously had a dis is had a disappointing season with the injuries. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, not yeah. not his fault, right? No, no. But For, poor poor guy he struggles with uh, back stiffness, yeah. so he couldn't couldn't start the season on time, and then um, one one and two third innings into his uh, 2018, he takes a. A line drive off the beaner, poor guy, man. Oh, just absolutely terrible luck. And and Warmoth, he like you said, he hasn't been tearing it up. He's he's on the DL right now, so mm. um which kind of leads us to uh another guy that was drafted in last year in uh Kevin Smith who's taken his spot. Yeah. Uh, he was tearing it up and dancing. Yeah, and he's, but, he's, he's trying to find his footing now in uh, the Florida State League, but I'm sure that he'll he'll figure things out there. I, he's only a week in or something like that into his yeah. Florida State League career. Yeah, um, for five games in Dunedin, he's batting 200. But yeah, 355 average in Lansing. He looked he looked pretty good against that Midwest League. So I'm I'm not too worried about Kevin Smith. I think he's progressing quicker than expected, actually. A lot quicker than expected. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. And let's let's uh, let's state for for our audience, the Warmoth going to uh, Dunedin to start the year is kind of an aggressive promotion mm. to to jump from Vancouver right over Lansing right into Dunedin. That's an that's uh, quite an aggressive. So for him to hit 240, yeah. In in the Florida State League is it was I'm not going to say impressive, but um, one could say it was expected. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's continuing a a trend. Like a, a lot of the a lot of last year's draft picks were in Lansing. Like I, um, Colin Large, their fifth round pick is still there. He's he's doing all right. He's batting three fifteen. So and he missed he missed all of May with an injury. So. You know that might explain why he's still there. Mm. But we we also have in Dunedin we got our our third round pick from last year, another catcher. Yeah, Riley, Riley Adams. Riley Adams, and just like Warmoth, he's not lighting lighting Dunedin on fire. He's he's not the the bell of the ball in Dunedin by any stretch of the imagination. But we don't expect that to no. happen this year. And he, he's another guy who skipped over Lansing, so they right. they are getting aggressive with some of these guys, which you know it it, it kind of speaks to why they're taking them out of college. They feel they can be a little more aggressive, I think. And if Conine can come in and have a good appearance in in Bluefield or in Vancouver and just show he's more of the more of the later season hitter than he was the earlier season early season hitter this year. Conine could start making that leap very quickly as well. Because when you look at the 2016 class, a lot of these guys who were college guys are already making appearances in double A, like TJ Zoik's up in New Hampshire right now. Obviously, Bo Bichette, Zach Jackson, Kevin Biggio, all these guys got put up 
in New Hampshire. And, and, and again, it's, it's a quick push for a Blue Jays team that will probably need a lot of reinforcements in the next couple years. Oh, absolutely. From the 2017 draft last year, last year, you know, we already have a handful of guys in advanced a, yeah, right. We've already, we've already said Warmoth Pearson was supposed to be there. Adams Smith is already there. We, we expect large to get there at some point. Roger Clemens boy, Casey Clemens, he's already there. Yeah. Zach Logues, he's already there. Yeah. Right. So that's only in the first like 10 rounds. Exactly. And I didn't mention Kirby Sneed either from the 2016 class. He's in New Hampshire as well. Yep. So, just just recent, right? Yeah. So so again, they're they're being very aggressive with the guys who they know have that low floor. I I again, they're not going to be aggressive with Roshans, but Griffin Conine could make a quick jump. If if he shows he is still that guy who had that first round talent at the beginning of the season. He could make that quick jump and be in New Hampshire by 2020. And and if if that's the case, that'll that'll only help the Blue Jays if they if they look and and by that time if they have an outfield of Hernandez, Alford, and Pilar, I guess could still be there. But it, they could start looking at Conine as that option to come up. And, and again, I think that's, that's just indicative of what this front office has been trying to do is try and rebuild that depth that has been missing from the Blue Jays organization for so long. And now that they finally got it where it's starting to look all right, that's, that's why you're seeing more uh, a shift in philosophy to a kid like Roshan's. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, I think considering you came into this episode saying you didn't know much about the draft, Miller, you acquitted yourself very well and you should be proud of your performance. A good old pat on the back, my friend, a good pat on the back. Exactly. Exactly. But we will, we will take the ball and give it to Wednesday's episode. Whenever that comes out, probably on Wednesday, (laughs) But yeah, so Miller, thank you for joining me. Tell the people where you can be found. Mueller Ryan 11 on Twitter and uh, Jay's from the couch. Anytime you want to uh, make a comment, I have put out um, a piece on the 2017 draft. Just a quick look back and where all those guys are and how they're doing. Um, maybe I'll do one for the 2016 to continue the uh, Shapiro Atkins reign. Um but yeah, leave comments and we'll uh, we'll chit chat. I'll be looking forward to that. You can find me on Twitter at neoac18. It's neoac18. Come to me for all your jokes about dads and Major League Baseball. Um, and yeah, uh, if you're not following the podcast at Locked On Jays, you should do that. It it is beneficial for everyone. So. For my co-host, Ryan Miller, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Blue Jays. And y'all take care.